Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world. With the most candid interviews, unforgettable stories, taking you beyond the ropes. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. What's going on? Welcome to the program on this Friday, folks. Hope you guys are doing well. Play is underway both on the European Tour and soon to be, soon to be as defined by ours on the PGA Tour out at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. First of all, we open up at the Saudi International, which was delayed this morning. They said some kind of severe weather. Dom, do we know what kind of weather went through the desert this morning, what they were dealing with? They were just dealing with some serious rain. So they were, a paw, I think, about two and a half, three hours. They just picked up playing again about 45 minutes ago. All right, David Horsey is leading the way in first place. He's even par in three holes played today at nine under par. He has a one-shot lead over Ryan Fox uh, amongst players at eight under par. I'll, I'll cover the others as well. Uh, Fox is three under through nine as yet. Bert Wiesberger is two under after seven to stand on that mark of eight under and one shot off the pace. And Stephen Gallagher, he's uh, even par through three. He is also at eight under par. Uh, multiple players at seven under par. Cantor, Ken Holt, and Hovland, who now just got in. He just dropped uh, my leaderboard in the seventh place. A four under par effort today. Saw him on finish on the mark of six under par. Three shots off the lead currently. Let's see, five under par. Again, it's a huge grouping here. Uh, Andy Sullivan is amongst the group. Tommy Fleetwood. Fleetwood is three under through seven holes today to get to five under par and four shots shy. Bryson DeChambeau is even par through five holes. He's five under and four shots off the pace. Justin Rose is three under through five holes. He's five under par and four shots off the pace. Dustin Johnson making his move today. He's two under through five. He's reached five under par with still room in front of him. Terrell Hatton, it seems like all the stars are bunched right here. Two under through five. He's five under and four shots back. Uh, Julian Surrey is three under uh, on his round today. He's four under par and starts that grouping. Ian Poulter was one under today, and he stands at four under par on the leaderboard. Thomas Peters, plus one through eight. He is four under par. Phil Mickelson is two under through seven, and he is four under par, currently five shots back. Martin Keimer, one under through four, and four under par overall. Paul Casey uh, was two under today. He stands in three under. He is six shots back heading into the weekend. That's a tie for 29th in that position. Tony Finau in his opening nine. He is one under through seven and three under for the tournament. Lee Westwood is level through five and three under overall. Those tied for 42nd. Rafael Cabrera Bayo was one under today and two under seven shots off the pace. Sergio Garcia is two under through seven, two under overall and seven shots back. Shane Lowry, the champion golfer, he is uh, two under through seven and two under overall. See some other big names. Patrick Reed is tied for 51st. Even par effort today, one under for the championship. Danny Willett was two over today to drop to one under par. He's done. Ross Fisher, done for the day. He's tied for 51st. Ross Fisher... Even par round at one under. Bob McIntyre, Robert McIntyre on the leaderboard. Two under 
on his round today. He stands at one under, and he's eight shots back. Jamie Donaldson in a world. He was three under today and one shot back, eight under overall. Brandon Stone, one under. He's early in his round. He's, been, he's one under through three on his efforts today. Let's see. Abraham Answer, uh, even par. That's a tie for 62nd currently. Defending champion Graham McDowell, he is even par and done for the day. Currently tied for 62nd. This grouping is so big when I say currently, because if this moves, these guys are going to miss the cut. It's that close. Let me see some other big names here that are sitting on one side of that cut or another. All right, those who are projected currently outside the cut line include Scott Hend at plus one, Paul Waring, who's been playing really good golf, Alvaro Quiros, Pablo Larathabal, Kiridesh Apibonrat, Matt Wallace, although Wallace is one under through six, so he can impact his, his fate or his prospects anyway. So that's a look at what's going on in... Saudi. Let's go, let's look at what's going on at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. We have a, a tie atop the leaderboard. Matthew Nesmith and Mark Hubbard, both with opening rounds of eight under par, both with bogey-free rounds to start. And let's start with some of the details of what Mark Hubbard did. He had those eight birdie zero bogeys, eleven of fourteen fairways hit, sixteen of eighteen greens in regulation, twenty-eight putts for Mark. He is in hunt for his first PGA Tour win. This is his fourth career 18-hole leader co-lead. He finished tied for 27th in 2015 at Puerto Rico, tied for 35th in 2015 at the Shriners Hospitals for Children Open, tied for 33rd in 2020 at the RBC Heritage. So Mark, unfortunately, doesn't have a great record of closing after having a piece of it to start. Although a 63 is his career low round on the PGA Tour, he closed the round with four consecutive birdies and five birdies in his last six holes. To that point, Mark Hubbard starts by telling us what was working well at the end and why. I think I think that's a scorable part of the course, um, but I found a little something, especially with the driver in my backswing. I was kind of bringing a little inside and um, just kind of getting stuck, so I, I straightened that out on about 12 or 13, and really clicked into gear for the last couple and, you know, uh, putted well all day. Was this something that's been bothering you uh, over the last few weeks or months? Yeah, it's been something I've been working on a little bit. Um, so it was kind of in the back of my mind when, when things started to go a little sideways in the middle of my round, just I had a few checkups and, and that was one of them and it turned out I was right. I know you've wanted to start the season a little better. You missed a number of cuts, but what does a round like this do for your confidence and your optimism? Yeah, I mean... For whatever reason, I really like this place a lot, and it always kind of seems to kick me into gear right around this time of the year. Last year, luckily, I had a little better fall, so I didn't need that kick, but uh, you know, I still played well here last year. So this stretch, this West Coast swing, the next three starting here just kind of always you know, gives me some confidence. So yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really excited with how I played, and I'm really excited for the next three days. What have you done with your putting since Palm Springs? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I've I worked on it a little. I haven't done much of the, the snail, but uh, we were joking on 16 that if I had I had hit it to, you know, a tap-in's length that uh, I would have had to have done it. Um, it. It drew a little more at the end, so I had five feet, and it was kind of outside that, that range. But, 
Who knows? We might break it out this week. Yeah, the snail could be. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, ideally, you know, a tap-in on 16 or a tap-in with, like, a two-shot lead on 18 for the win. Those would be two pretty good situations to break it out. What, what did your teammates say? What, what was the kind of response you felt? Uh, I mean, they all know I'm an idiot, so they just expect it from me. Hubbard Peanut Company, yeah. Uh, no actual blood relation, just the same last name. But uh, I, I played pretty well last year in Detroit uh, and got a lot of TV time because I was uh, paired with Bryson. So they kind of just reached out to me, and, and they're a big golf family and uh, family-owned peanut company in Virginia. And so it, it's been a great partnership. I like how he was talking about the, the Hubs Peanuts, which are Did pretty good. Did you get Remember peanuts from them? They sent I, us peanuts, man. I know. I got a tin of them. Man. They're pretty good. I saved the tin, in fact, <laughs> because it was so classic looking. Who knows? It's great. I still have the tin. I'm still eating them. They're You're my cupboard or my pantry. How, can they, how or can they last that long? Peanuts? Peanuts last forever, man. No, they peanuts start to last go stale. for months and months and months, no, and months and months and months. They're actually delicious that. peanuts, by the way. Yeah, they are. I, I like them. Mark Hubbard's uh, best finish on the PJ Tour was a tie for second at the 2019 Houston Open, he has three total top 10s in his 119 PGA Tour starts entering this week. All three top 10s came in the 1920 wraparound season, which shows you his good play in his ascent. It's his fourth appearance at this event. He finished tied for ninth here last year, shot 64 in the third round to do so. He also finished tied for 60th in 2016, tied for 47th in 2017. He finished 44th in the 2019-2020 FedEx Cup standings, which is pretty darn good. Only one top 25 and 11 starts this season entering this week, a tie for 17th in the CJ Cup at Shadow Creek. He missed six cuts in 11 previous starts uh, this season. He's missed a cut in his last start at the American Express. Uh, he opened with a 68, but backed it with a 76. You remember where he did the funny thing when he was putting. So, and... Did you ever see Dom when when he was behind us in the in the video when we were interviewed Joel Damon and he and Joel Damon were roommates that week, and he was in the window, waving. Oh, yeah, yeah. You could kind of see him waving behind Joel. Yeah. 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 That was Mark Hubbard. Although he looks different than he did then because he, he obviously trimmed the beard from when he was at the American That was Express. a picture of our interview with Joel Damon, and that was Mark Hubbard waving in the background like a maniac. Yeah. I love yeah. him. I tell you, this Beyond the Rope series, Matt, I am uh, unhealthily... Um, Unhealthy league. I want everyone who's been a part of that series to win. I, I, I'm rooting for them so hard. And Mark Hubbard is such an awesome guy. We've gotten to know him He's really well. And I would just love nothing more than to see him win. It'd Anyone so that cool. has a peanut sponsor has got to be a good dude. True. It's like, oh, who are your That's sponsors? True. Oh, I represent the, you know, largest hedge fund. No, I represent a peanut company. And they're really good peanuts. And they are really good peanuts. All right. He shares that lead with Matthew the Smith. As I mentioned, the Smith, too, had no bogeys on the day. He had one eagle in six birdies. He had 11 of 14 fairways, 60 of 18 greens, 27 putts. That's one less than he who with he holds the top spot. He's seeking his first PGA Tour win as well. His first career 18-hole lead or co-lead is this one. 
63 ties, his career low round on the PGA Tour. He shot a 7 under par 63 in the second round of the 2020 RSM Classic. He shot a 6 under par 30 on his opening nine. Uh, he started on the 10th hole, I should note. He led the field in strokes gain around the green in, his fir- in the first round at 2.689. So give him 2.7 on that. He holds a 95-foot, 2-inch bunker shot for Eagle at the 13th hole. That was his fourth hole of the day. Hit his tee shot in the 16th hole to six inches on his way to birdie and, and making the tournament debut. Second career top 10 to 37 PGA Tour events entering this week, or he's had two career, I should say. Best career PGA Tour finished a tie for sixth at the 2020 Puerto Rico Open. Tied for eighth in the 2020 Shriners Hospitals for Children Open is his other career top 10. So let's find out what Matthew Nesmith thinks is working in round one. I drove it good. I hit my irons well. I putted good. I just kind of did everything that you're supposed to. Everything kind of was pretty simple. Drive it in the fairway, hit the greens, try and make as many putts as possible, and got lucky making a few short game shots in there as well. So just did everything you're supposed to. How comfortable would you say you are out here as a PGA Tour member? Oh, I'm, I'm getting more comfortable by the day. I mean, it helps to play with, with Scott Brown. Uh, we play almost every day together at home. So anytime, anytime I get to play with him or guys from back home, it really makes it seem a little bit easier. Um, it's just nice to be out here. I've, I think I've played more golf, more rounds in, in kind of COVID without fans than I have with fans. So it feels a little bit different to, to play with at least a little bit of people out here. So it's been really nice. You mentioned Scott. Are you also friendly with Kevin? Mm-hmm. They've been they've been amazing. Scott and Kevin have both been extremely extremely knowledgeable, and they've been helping me kind of navigate golf courses, where to stay, where to eat, kind of places to to stay, and even at home working on shots, trying to trying to pick their brains on on what they do great. And and, and they've been out here a long time. They're they're amazing veterans out here. So they've been they've taken me under their wing a little bit and really showed me the ropes. They've been grateful. I'm very grateful for it. Nee Smith and Hubbard both on the mark of eight under par and leading the way by one over Lashley and Burns, both on the mark of seven under par. From there, we drop down one more to Steve Stricker, which is, which is a cool story because the United States Ryder Cup captain was playing alongside of Padraig Harrington and the captain of the European Ryder Cup team. Jerry Kelly was also in there, which was a great pairing for Strick because they're Great friends from Wisconsin. Uh, by the way, touredge.com, when you log on there, you can check out the C521 and the E521 series. This is a series that's designed to provide exactly what you need in terms of all of the latest technology, yes, but specific to your game. If it is the E, which stands for extreme, that means you might get some heads that are offset to help correct for that, shall we say, a very heavy left to right. Can I use the word? slice without offending you, uh, well, you can get some help with that. Technology is there to help you. Plus, with their face technology, their weight technology, all of it that goes into everything that they've made from the fairway woods to the drivers to the irons right into the wedges. There are clubs that are specific for you even within Tour Edge's lines, the C521 and the E521 if you're looking for a competition spec or an extreme help with everything that you may need in your game. Check it out at touredge.com today, and all of their products are also available at the PJ Tour Superstore. So Strick opens up with, in his dotage, seven birdies, 
and one bogey. He had 10 of 14 fairways, 13 of 18 greens in regulations, only 26 putts. That shouldn't surprise. 65 is his second best opening round in 19 appearances at this event. He had a 64-98 on his way to a tie for 22nd finish. He has one top 10 in 18 previous appearances here. He had a tie for 7th back in just thousands of years ago, in 2001, which included a second round 62. He missed a cut in four of his last six starts. He's the second player 50-plus years old to open with a 65 at Scottsdale since 1987. The last, anyone? Bueller? Tom Lehman. He shot a 65 in 2011 in his opening round at age 51. Strick is 53. As I mentioned, he's the United States Ryder Cup captain. I love these stories because I know it's one round. I get it. But sports are fun because we cast forward and say, what if? Well, what if Steve Stricker wins? What if Steve Stricker goes, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm going to pick my spots. I'm going to play. I want to be around the guys. And he keeps playing well and say he wins again. Or plays, continues to play well. Kind of cool story. Would Steve Stricker be the, the Ryder Cup captain that you might think might play on his Ryder Cup team? That's crazy talk. Absolute crazy talk. For Strick, it was more about the philosophy of what he was doing. You know, it was one of those rounds where I just kept kept trying to do the, the smart thing, put the ball in play, uh, put it on the right side of the green, you know, and uh, not too not too aggressive of shots into the green. I uh, felt like I was rolling the ball well with my putter, so I said, you know, just try to give myself some opportunities, and, and I fortunately did, and uh, quite a few of them went in today, so that was good to see. You mentioned earlier about making the cut last week and playing well today. What what has sort of gone on with your game that uh, you've been playing so well? Yeah, I've just been playing a lot. You know, we uh, with our kids doing school virtually, uh, we've spent a lot of time down in Florida. Um, been playing a lot down there and and um, working on my game. I'm uh, trying to find a set of irons uh, and shafts I, since I. Uh, I've got a new set in the bag the last couple of weeks that seemed to be a little bit better. Um, uh, and then working on the putting, really, is, is what I've been doing a lot of, and, and it paid off today. Made some nice putts, and it was good to see the ball tracking and staying on line and rolling towards the hole. And how long has the, the white hot been a, more of a foe than a friend for you? How long have you been struggling with it? You know, I, I don't know if I... It's not like I've been struggling big time. It's just like I haven't been making a lot. I feel like I've been, you know, putting some good strokes on it, you know, and, and rolling it good at times and just not going in. And um, that's starting to change a little bit. I made some putts last week at uh, Torrey Pines. And uh, like I said down there, if you can make some putts and roll it good on that Poana, you know, you're, you're doing something good. So I uh, came here, hit some putts uh, here, and it, it seems to be helping. It was just kind of a setup thing. And, um so it, it's, um, it's been good. So hopefully that continues. What was the conversation like with Patrick out there today talking to Ryder Cup? You know, we talked a little bit, you know, just to see. Uh, he was asking me if we're going to have fans. Um, you know, what do I think uh, as far as that goes? And, and it's too early to tell, right? I mean, we don't, we don't know what's going to happen yet. Um, so we just got to keep plugging away like it's going to happen with full fans or half fans or no fans i'm i'm sure we're going to play it uh with the amount of people there is still up in the air i guess so 
Um, and he, he feels the same way. But we, we know we're going to play it in September, I would think. And, um, but we'd love to, see, love to see a full house for sure. What will you say to some of the younger guys who might be on your team that you beat today? <laughs> well, it's only one round, you know. That's what I would say, I guess. And uh, but you know, it shows um, it shows them that I'm still out here trying to compete with them, trying to play, uh, trying to beat them. Uh, but the reason I'm out here, I, I totally expected to be on the Champions Tour this year because we were supposed to play the Ryder Cup last year, and then I was going to be pretty much done out here, and then strictly Champions Tour stuff and. Uh, now that the Ryder Cup is pushed off to the end of this year, that brings me out another year, which I'm totally good with and fine with, and I enjoy the challenge. So it's it's nice to come out. I see the guys. Um, I get to talk to them. I see them. I play some practice rounds with them occasionally. So it's just it it puts me with them. You know, it gets it gets me um, gets me in a position where I can you know listen to them and talk to them about what we need to do going forward. I didn't this week. Um, uh, Palm Springs, I play with Cantley. Um, last week, I only played nine holes, but uh, Morikawa in the fall, I played with. Um, so I kind of try to make an effort to try to try to play with some guys while I'm out here, and, and just or, or talk to them at least. You know, I talked to uh, P. Reed last week. Um, you know, early in the week, uh, Justin Thomas. You know, I'm seeing. You know, just a lot of the guys that I get to see. So it keeps me relevant. It keeps me out here. It keeps me in their kitchen, and I'm um, I get to watch them play. So that's why I'm here. What do you have for family this week? We're all here. My my wife's caddying, and and then the kids are here as well. And they've been troopers. We've uh, we haven't been home to Wisconsin. They left on Halloween uh, to go down to Florida, and we haven't been back. Um, so it looks like we're going back next week for some beautiful minus minus eight degree temperatures and um but we're all excited to go back and see see our parents and our, our dogs we haven't seen for three months so uh we're excited to go back yeah i asked him i asked him when he was going to play he turns 50 in august he said and he's going to play right away in september he thought so <clears throat> he's still got a lot of game too he hits it a long ways and uh another feather in the cap for the champion Stewart when he comes out to play for sure. Great nuggets from the United States Ryder Cup captain there from Steve Stricker. Did you just say you're welcome, Dom, in my headset? I did. I did. Just doing my job. I thought it was really interesting. I mean, the first, the first thing that struck me was when was the last time that you've seen Steve Stricker not wearing a Titleist hat, Right. Then he was talking about, well, I got some, some new clubs in. I'm trying them out with dial and this. And I'm like, what's going on? What is he doing equipment? Now, normally, you don't talk about that with a, you know, a 53-year-old guy. But he shot an opening round 65. I thought I heard him talking about a white-hot putter in that. And then it was interesting when the, the media guys were smart with what they were trying to do. They were, they were trying to kind of pick for information like, hey, who'd you play a uh, practice round with? He was like, nobody. Oh. Who you been like, you know, like yucking it up with? Who you been seeing? And he, and he, he mentions basically every name he mentioned is already one of the top six that would automatically qualify. So it wasn't like that name that's like out there that, you know, like, oh, yeah, I, um, 
you know, I played, I played two rounds with Ricky Fowler and we went out to dinner and yeah, I've been hanging out a lot together. We went fishing, uh, you know, the other day. Yeah, none of that. None of that was revealed. And then what he told us with uh, Padraig, I haven't heard Padraig say that yet. Maybe he has, but Padraig says a lot. So it might've got lost in the, in the flow that he's saying, yeah, Padraig's going to commit himself to the PJ Tour champions, and that's a great personality to have out there. He's fun as can be. We should book him too, Dom. Find out what's going on in his world. Why not? All right, so there are some very big names lurking at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. And when we come back, you're going to hear from those very big names, including one of them that kind of growled to the, to the press, but in his words... It shows that he's been working on some stuff, and the stuff that he's been working on is starting to work, if you get my drift. That more in the Fairways of Life show when we continue on this Friday. Stay with us. Golf plans changed? We're here for you. Drive in. Fly in. French Lick Resort is the perfect spot for your next golf getaway. Our Donald Ross and Pete Dye courses have hosted majors since 1924. Our historic hotels are top flight as well. And know that keeping you safe in this era of COVID is also important to us. Go to FrenchLick.com. Play legendary golf this year. Must be 21 to enter casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. TheGolfTravelGroup.com is a luxury golf tour operator that specializes in custom travel itineraries to Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, Iceland, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and more. Guaranteed advanced tea times, incredible accommodations, airport meet and greet services, private guided tours and private drivers, all in luxury vehicles, and they have a staff that's been doing it forever. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. The best golf experiences are the unique ones that combine breathtaking beauty, inspiring designs, and refined luxuries. Streamsong Resort, conveniently located in Central Florida, is unlike any golf experience you've ever had. Award-winning courses by Corin Crenshaw, Tom Doak, and Gil Hans will challenge and amaze in a dunescape you'll swear cannot exist in Florida. Awaken your senses then at their opulent spa or enjoy world-class bass fishing, archery, or clay shooting. The options are endless and you can cap it all off with luscious and distinctive culinary choices to delight any palate. Visit StreamsongResort.com today to plan your golf trip that's everything that you would want and nothing like you've ever experienced. I'm Tiger Woods, and I chose Bridgetone. I wanted to be with a company that I knew, and then on top of that, that made superior products, so I did. I came back and I started playing with the Bridgetone Tour BXS, and it's allowed me to maintain the spin and the feel I like around the greens, especially my short irons, but also to have that penetrating flight through the wind. The aerodynamics have been phenomenal. I know the quality that Bridgestone has, R&D that's available to them, and what they were able to create that helped me win golf tournaments. Even though we're in Texas, we don't believe that bigger is always better. At Ben Hogan Golf, we believe in something called micromanufacturing, a concept Mr. Hogan taught us long ago. It's a belief that handcrafting golf clubs one at a time to your exacting specifications is the reason we make some of the best quality and best performing equipment in the world. And we don't believe in big prices. That's why we only sell directly to you at BenHoganGolf.com. Let me ask you a question. Are you in pain on the golf course? You know, pain management is a crisis in America. It affects over 100 million people and 35% of golfers. But now we can do something about it. 
BioFit360 is a new company here to help us manage and alleviate that pain naturally. They've developed a formula that safely extracts CBD from the hemp plant and utilizes all of its healing properties to help us. They have a relief cream, they have gummies, they have sleep aids, and much more. It will change the way you feel on the golf course and in life. All you need to do is head to BioFit360.com. Feel better, do better, be better. Take your time, Dominic. It's a Friday. Welcome back, folks. Mark Hubbard and Matthew Smith leading the way, both of them on eight under par. Man, I'll tell you one thing. I guess, I guess it's not surprising. But the whole distance debate thing is really heating up. Uh, the comments that Rory made, we aired it on our show yesterday, but the comments that he made saying that the what the USGA are doing and the RNA are doing is, is going in the wrong direction. Uh, I, I sent out a little clip of my reaction to it on, on my Instagram account. And Jeff Shackelford, he, he said, my old sparring partner, uh, commented on it last night. And he was saying, you know, because I was saying, don't, don't hurt the people who are already distance challenged. They tell us that the average driving distance is 215 yards. Okay, doesn't seem like a problem to me. But... And then, and then you get all the people who are, who are going, well, that has to stop because the, the professionals are hitting it too far. They're too separate. And that's the thing I think it's going to be so hard to sort is that they are two separate issues. The best of the best. Rory said himself, he doesn't, if you guys want to restrict what, what we do and make the game harder, okay. Right? That's a reasonable response. Uh, and, it's, and it's absolutely forward thinking, isn't it? Webb Simpson, however, on the other side said, no, 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 we're okay. Just make the, make the courses tougher and they're set up. So there's different philosophies there. My philosophy on that is, is that at that level, they'll figure it out. That you, if, if they end up restricted equipment, uh, technology for the best in the world, or if they do it in some combination with, with how they set up courses, all that, they'll figure that out. I'm, I'm okay with that. Either Whatever it is, I'm okay with that. I, I think when you look for you know, 50 years, 100 years as the governing bodies have asked us to do. That's all right. That makes sense. You need, you need to make sure that given the current state of what's happening with the longest players in the game, they're really long. And why would that diminish? Uh, it's a whole variety of things, though, as I've told you guys, too. It's not just technology. Technology is part of it. Uh, knowing, you know, and I'm talking about the technology that are within the particular heads are definitely part of it. Uh, technology and golf ball definitely part of it, but it's also technology and how you measure spin rates and launch angles and agronomy and fitness, for, uh, very specific fitness, etc. To those that will always say, "Well, you can't tell me they're more fit then, or stronger, or have more club head speed then." You're right. They, they, there are people throughout the course of history that, if you pulled them from their era and put it into the era that we're in right now, would probably perform really well in terms of driving distance and, and the rest. That's to me, that's part of what I think makes great players, great players, or great artists, great artists, or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, I think, you know, I think they defy the time period in which they competed. I think Jack Nicklaus is an example of that. I think uh, the Beatles are an example of that. And there are many things that are examples of that. So, but where, where the line needs to be drawn, and it keeps getting blurred all the time, is that you're talking about 
the people, the amateurs who play the game and pay to play the game that fund everything else that's done. None of all this other stuff exists if it wasn't for all of you guys. None of it. And my comment is, you know, because Jeff wrote back, just to get back, Jeff Shockford wrote back to me last night and he said, wait a minute, they've got this proposal for giving tournaments the option, which is a way of bifurcating without saying you're bifurcating, frankly, but to give the option to use this lesser performing equipment, right? Okay, I get that. Uh, You know, and I'm fine with if a line is drawn on the sand, I'm fine with all that stuff. But if that's the case, why in all the ancillary interviews did officials, you know, whether it's USJ or RA or what have you, talk about everyone being impacted? They used the phrase a little bit. It reminds me of the old uh, Goodfellas. No, 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 no. You're taking away their equipment a little bit. You're taking it away a little bit. What is a little bit? What does that mean? So, but I, I don't get it. If, if, if you're going down the road where you've got players of, this, of the stature of Rory going, yeah, I'm okay if you make the game harder for us. And even DJ said, I don't think you need to do it, but if you do it, I'm going to play whatever you do. They'll, all of that, they'll figure it out. They'll find their place with whatever is decided there. And as I mentioned, I do think something needs to be done for the long-term health of the game. I agree with that. There's many people that don't agree with that. And as I mentioned specifically, Webb Simpson was one of them that spoke out against it. And I respect those opinions. But if that is the direction, why do you have to have a scorched earth philosophy? Why, if you've accomplished that primary goal, that how far these players are hitting it and coming in with flip wedges on holes that maybe back in the day were a driver and five iron, but we're not back in the day. But nonetheless, I get it. It's still crazy long. Okay, I get it. I, I, and I agree. But if that's the case, why the scorched earth? Why does it have to impact everybody? Even a little bit, to which I say, what is a little bit? And, and my consistent plea is... During this period of hearing back from golf's stakeholders, the most important stakeholder is all of you. Without the people that play the game of golf every day all over the world, as I mentioned, none of the rest of it would exist. None of it. The people that pay for tour events, sponsoring events, pay for the advertising and and coverage, including ours, they are all trying to reach you. The stakeholder that pays for everybody else. I just hope that the representation is there. I don't know what a little bit is, but a little bit, if it ends up settling anywhere near that 10%, which was the the proposal that they used for the the, uh, option, then that's way too much. That's not a little bit. That's a lot of bit because it's 10% at, at, for each club. So it compounds as you play. So it's, I'm, I'm still very concerned about it. Um, I'm hopeful. My, my, I have another sense of what's happening here and that, that the other sense that I have is that what they're really talking about is dynamic performance. And what that means is, is that if you have a, a suite of technology built into equipment, right? 
And if you have a swing speed in excess of 105 miles per hour, well, then you can impact, you can actually make all of that equipment, all that technology work in unison with the way it's supposed to work. So you get the maximum impact from that technology, which frankly is what's happening right now in part, but it's happening. And if you're the average golfer, as, as the standard is being used, which is a, I believe, 14.2 handicap, then you do not swing hard enough to fully take advantage of all of this technology. So it is possible, I believe, that they could slow down the technology, whether we're talking ball or club, but it would have to be in combination, where they could slow down the technology where the higher the swing speed goes, the less efficient the technology is in transferring its benefits. In other words, if you are less than 105 miles per hour, you're not hitting it hard enough to, for, all, for the full impact of that technology to kick in. If you are hitting it in excess of 105 miles per hour, and keep in mind that the average on the PJ Tour is 113, if you are hitting it over that mark, and, and there's no official number, I'm just using that as an example, 105. Uh, but if you can hit it harder than 105, then when you hit it, the impact will be slowed down. There'll be a governor on some of those elements of technology, whether it's characteristic time, uh, maybe it's MOI, which, which will relate to a spin on an off-hit shot, etc. There's a lot of things that, that can be done there. Maybe that's what they're talking about. I'm not really sure. As far as your equipment right now and what you want and where you can get it and understanding what's best for your game, there's no one better to go to than the PGA Tour Superstore. You can shop online at pjtoursuperstore.com. Uh, if you wanted to, you could pick it up, you know, order it and get it curbside if you, if you want to play it right away, and I don't blame you. Uh, you can also shop safely in their stores. So there's a lot of choices with America's number one golf retailer at the PGA Tour Superstore. Uh, and pjtoursuperstore.com. So as I promised you, some pretty big names are doing some pretty big things. And I want to go through some of the names that are on the leaderboard, some of whom we have sound from, which is where I want to start, and then make sure you, you are all set with your airtimes today through the weekends, you know, what to find and where to find it. So let's start with Xander Shoffley, who's currently tied for sixth. He's five under after an opening round of 66. And for Xander, he kind of went through a lot of different things that worked and didn't work for him. Seven birdies and two bogeys. He had 10 of 14 fairways, 13 of 18 greens, only 26 putts. He was six under through 14 holes of his opening round. Now, remember, he started on the back nine, which earlier Mark Hubbard kind of told us that that finishing stretch there on that nine is where you can do some scoring, which is part of why this event is so, so exciting when it finishes. It's his fourth appearance at the event, top 25 in all three previous, tied for 10th and 19, tied for 16th and 20, tied for 17th in 2018. And he finished tied for second last week at the Farmers Insurance. So, again, for Xander, it was, I mean, I know he, he had that flub chip because there's no fans around. He actually heard a fan gasp at how terrible the shot was. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I did miss it. Here's Xander reflecting. It's just it's nice to get off to a good start. You know, I, I think I'm three back. Um, if someone shoots lower than eight, then that'd be a, a hell of a round. But um, for the most part, yeah, it was pretty clean. Had a couple clunky chips here and there, duffed one. So definitely stuff I still need to work on and uh, perfect. But uh, overall, yeah, 
generally happy. I know you want to win, and it has been a little while, but at the same time, you have been very consistent with your tournament finishes. How, how good do you think you are right now? Are you kind of close to where you want to be? I think so. I think I just as I get older, I sort of deal with situations better um, on the course, and um, you know, I, I feel like I'm in, I am in a good place. I just need to really stay patient, you know, and not really try and force things. I'm trying to get back to my sort of uh, lower expectations um, kind of attitude for my rookie year. I, I think that's sort of how I rattle off wins, and with a little more experience now in certain situations, I can kind of combine the two, and, and that's what I'm trying to do. And you know, we'll see if, if that works. We're trying everything, you know what I mean. It, so you, you believe that you have gotten in your own way, as they say in sports psychology realms? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you just you get hungry, and um, everyone around you starts winning, and you just want to join the bunch and. All you want to do is win, and you kind of forget about the, the nitty-gritty and the small things on, on your way and, and the ladder to winning. So um, just trying to work on the small stuff. Does it mean something to you, though, to become one of the most consistent players out there? I mean, it's, it's what we – I think, I mean, if you look back to my rookie year or my sophomore year on tour or even my third year, I, I spoke a lot about, you know, becoming a more well-rounded player. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm in that boat of chasing. You know, I, I haven't really won, and um, – you know, my world ranking's gone up, and you know, I am playing more consistent golf, but I, I'm still not doing what I want to do, and um, I guess it's a good thing. It keeps me hungry and keeps me humble, but, um, yeah, the ultimate goal is winning, and, you know, it, it kind of just dangles right in front of you every tournament, and you just try your best, and uh, I've knocked on the door a few times and, and kind of messed up and, and choked, I guess, if you want to call it that, but I'm um, just trying to learn from, from every moment. Xander Shoffley is another one of these players I mean, he's still a young player, 27 years old, but he started to talk about, you know, as I get older, he's kind of searching for this Zen thing, but he just said, I've gotten close and I choked at whatever you want to call it. That was his words. I love the candor that, that we have. Uh, let's see, 20 consecutive starts without a miscut in the PGA Tour for Xander entering this week. That's the second longest active streak. 14 consecutive top 25 finishes on the PGA Tour. He has four wins. His last was at 2019 Century Tournament of Champions. Now, I love when Brooks Kepka talks because I happen to be a huge fan of Brooks Kepka, but Brooks definitely has this whole vibe going that when he's talking to the media, he despises that he has to talk to the media. He'll do it. But it makes for the for the drama of the whole thing to be fun. And in shooting a three under par 68, remember, he overcame a double bogey in his round. Seven birdies and two bogeys to go with that double. Seven of 14 fairways, 14 of 18 greens in regulation, 28 putts. He was four under through 10 holes of his first round before double bogeying the second hole. That was his 11th of the day, his 11th appearance at this event. He won it in 2015, as you might recall. That was actually his first career uh, win on the PGA Tour. In fact, he missed the cut last week at the Farmers Insurance Open. So for Brooks Kepka, he's clearly working on some stuff, apparently working on it by himself, but he's working on some stuff. What is it? Uh, I feel like I've been doing the same things I've been doing. Um, you know, I've parted a little better, made a few changes in that, and it's, it's working. I'm hitting it really well. Um, you know, just hit a toe ball in two, and I ended up in the worst place possible. But uh, just got to clean up those, like, silly mistakes, the three-putt. Um, you know, in 17, the ball probably just had a little bit of water on it, so I didn't have any spin, any checkup on it. But, you know, that that happens. But uh, got to avoid the three-putt and the double. I have to say that you're lacking confidence, but when you put seven birdies together on your scorecard, what does that do for you, confidence-wise? 
still still confident. Um, no, no, no difference. Um, I feel like I've been playing pretty good for a while. I just haven't scored well. You know, there's some sometimes where scoring just isn't there. Uh, but I feel like I'm just hitting the same. So, I'm pleased. No. <laughs> just going back to old stuff. Just going back to old stuff. That's it. And uh, what about, can you talk about the coaching change? What about the coaching change? What about it? Who are you working with now? Nobody. Nobody? Not Pete? Nobody. No? I mean, not, I bounce ideas off Pete. I bounce ideas off Butch. I said that before. It's, um, you know, it's not really much. I don't need, need that much coaching. You know, me and Claude, we only worked on a few things. Um, you know, pretty much still working on those things. It's not, not like anything changed. You know, and you're feeling healthy. Yeah, I feel good. All right. Good. Was that, was that classic like I told you? I loved it with that question. Like, what? What about it? Well, what about it? Well, who are you working with? Nobody. Send some stuff to Pete. I sent some stuff to Butch. I've already said that. What? What about it? I love it. He could be casting Goodfellas. All right, so let's talk about some notables here before I give you some air times as well. Jordan Spieth is tied for 12th at... Four under par. Pretty good start for Jordan Spieth. Let's see. Kepka, as you heard from, three under. Zach Johnson, three under. John Rahm, three under par. Did we hear from John Rahm today, Dom? We haven't heard from John Rahm. I, I totally forgot to talk about John Rahm. How could that be? He's not going to be too happy about that, but he did bogey the last hole. Uh, you know, that, that, that bogey just makes it feels so much worse than it really is, right? And to be honest, I was four under bogey for eight through 17 without having my best. I mean, I scrambled early on pretty good, made that long pot and one for bonus, and that front nine, I made it two under, and it could have been a lot worse. You know, back nine, I played a little bit better. You know, I could have maybe made a pot on 13 for eagle. That would have been better. Maybe if I put it in dry land on 15, who knows, but still, you know, great up and down on 16, two putt on 17, just too bad on 18, you know, that, that first putt was slow, and then the second one, I live here enough to know the valley pool is a thing, and, you know, played it there, and it's just, it just wasn't there, but overall, you know, with what's by far not my A game, was a pretty good round. Tell me about that uh, 53-footer on the first hole, nice bonus there at the beginning of the round. Yeah, things did not start well. I mean, that tee shot is just a four iron, put it in place. It was just downwind off the left. A fader of the ball is good. Completely blocked it in the rough, got a good lie. Flyer nine iron, I'm, you know, felt like a million miles from the hole. And first putt you hit all day, you have that putt. Uh, I've hit it before, just got to trust it, you know. Uh, pick a line and trust it, and I did. And it went in. I mean, it's, it's that simple. It's a, it's a complete bonus. I would have taken it far by far. Not that many people out here, but there was at least there was at least a crowd. Not what you're used to at this event. Uh, just what was it like out there with some fans, but not the normal? It's fun. You know, it's great to actually have feedback when you hit a shot on the green. Um, we've had none of that for a while, and sometimes you don't know if you're 30 feet or 3 feet, right? So it's nice to have that feedback. It's, it's nice to to hear the fans cheering for you and, uh, you know, the, the very few boos and 16 that you have because it's not nearly as much as it usually is, right? So uh, a lot of fun. We miss the fans. I've missed the fans. Uh, and even though it's a very small percentage of what they usually have here, it feels like a lot just because we haven't seen them in a while. 
Good. John Rahm, three under par. Also at three under par, tied for 21st, you will find Matthew Wolf. Tied for 37th, Daniel Berger is two under. So two is Pat Perez, Louis Ustazen. Stuart Sink is on that mark. He's tied for 50th at one under par for Rory McIlroy. Five birdies, two bogeys, one double bogey in his round. Seven of 14 fairways, 11 of 18 greens, and 27 putts. In his first appearance at the event, he was three over through two holes. He double bogeyed his first hole of the day, then a bogey. So I guess if you look at it from that perspective, it was a pretty good fight back for Rory. It, yeah, he played the next 14 holes at five under, if you're doing the math. It takes me a second to do it. Uh, tied for 50th as well, Jimmy Walker is one under. Justin Thomas is one under. Brendan Steele is on that mark. Boba is tied for 70th at even par. So too is Jason Day, which for Jason Day, that that's a good sign. That's moving in the right direction. Uh, Padraig Harrington uh, at level par as well. So too for Hideki Matsuyama, tied for 86th. I know the second round hasn't even started yet, but still for the purpose of journalism, outside the projected cut line at the moment. Jason Duffner, one over. Doc Redman, one over. Luke Donald is two over, tied for 108th. Webb Simpson is two over, tied for 108th. Ricky Fowler is three over, tied for 115th. So too is Aaron Wise. Uh, Joel Damon, four over, tied for 122nd. And Gary Woodland's tied for 127th. He was five over after the opening round. As to how, when, and where, you can catch your coverage. You can see it on your screen if you're with us on the television side right now. Coverage coming up today on Golf Channel at 3 p.m. Uh, the coverage for PGA Tour Live will be kicking off in less than a half hour from now, 9.15, the official start time. All these times are Eastern. The PGA Tour radio coverage, which you can hear for free on the PGA Tour app and on PGATour.com. And that works, incidentally, all over the world. If you subscribe in North America to Satellite Service Sirius XM, you can hear it there as well. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, the coverage will be split between Golf Channel and NBC, which really means it's not split at all. We're all one company, but uh, at 1 p.m. on Golf Channel and at 3 p.m. on your local NBC affiliate. That is where we stand. Hope you guys have a great Friday. Hope you guys have a great weekend. If you're digging out of the snow or tromping tromping through it, be careful. Be careful on the roadways. Be careful with each other. We'll be back with you again on Monday if we're spared. Until then, goodbye from now. If I told you legends like Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross have designed and inspired more than 10 breathtaking courses and they're all in one place... Would you believe me? Where is this special place? How far do I have to travel for this golfing nirvana? The answer could both surprise and delight you. It's right around the corner in the heartland of the country. It's Boyne Golf in Northern Michigan. It's a destination so special, so unique, that you'll think you're playing golf on a work of art along the cliffs of the Monterey Peninsula or the raw sweeping landscapes of Scotland. From elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled golf vacation experience. Log on to BoyneGolf.com and see why they're at the heart of America's summer golf capital. It's likely that the world's greatest Lynx golf courses will be the reason you will want to plan a trip to Ireland. And with over 400 courses to choose from, you're sure to find whatever you seek. But Ireland is about even more than great golf. In this ancient land, the past works hand in hand with the present. From cultural sites to castle ruins. Stay in a country B&B or a luxury hotel and spa. Enjoy inspiring local culinary choices, a pint and music at a cosy pub. But most of all, enjoy the warmth and hospitality of the Irish people who will make you feel that you haven't travelled from home but have returned to it. Visit Ireland.com to get started. Golf plans changed? We're here for you. Drive in. Fly in. 
French Lick Resort is the perfect spot for your next golf getaway. Our Donald Ross and Pete Dye courses have hosted majors since 1924. Our historic hotels are top flight as well. And know that keeping you safe in this era of COVID is also important to us. Go to FrenchLick.com. Play legendary golf this year. Must be 21 to enter casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. What's your bucket list destination? Where have you always wanted to go? What's the number one thing that holds people back from doing that? It's fear of logistics. I don't know where to stay. I don't know how to get tea times. I don't know where to go. I don't know who should take me there. Well, I'll tell you who knows the answer to all those questions. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. That's why the Fairways of Life show has aligned ourselves with these experts. And is there some place you want to go, like the Open or a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup? They can take care of that as well. What is your golf bucket list? Where do you want to go? Do it with TheGolfTravelGroup.com. It screams. It tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the all-new Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer to your wedges. Try the new Tour B. The Tour Ball. Reinvented. Let's face it, there's no better feeling than getting new golf gear. And where you get your golf gear matters. PJ Tour Superstore is America's number one golf retailer. Whatever you're looking for, they have it. And you can get custom fit. You can shop online or safely in their stores. At the PJ Tour Superstore, you'll always find golf's biggest brands and all the latest equipment right at your fingertips. If you need it or want it, they've got it. Log on to PGATourSuperstore.com to upgrade your game today. 